multi-talented than Agent Coulson. It's Cave <laughs> Crisis, the comic book podcast every week where I hit a metal thing as I'm talking. And I don't have the sounds loaded. And I'm your host, Henry Gilbert. That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. It's not going to happen. On Twitter. And I proudly host this every single week on the Lazy Time Network with good old co-host. Hi. What were we... That's, you didn't explain your Chris intro. Antista. Well, what? Oh, this is a... This is a podcast about no, the no, no, the, and comic books and graphic well, novels. You and just discovered that Clark Gregg did what? The guy who oh, plays I Agent Coulson. Oh, I didn't know he wrote. I didn't know the actor who plays Agent Coulson wrote the script for What Lies Beneath, the forgotten Robert Zemeckis film. I, I knew he adapted Choke, and I think he directed it. I would um, not be surprised. Yeah, boy, that Clark Gregg, he does everything, and now he's and he just marries the girl from uh, Dirty Dancing. That's right, man. He can do anything. God damn it! I just, uh, oh yeah, did I prepped all those things except for plugging in that Chris and I apologize but that's Chris Antista no it's not one more time (laughs) yeah that's Christopher Antista playing the sound effects as he does and for the for the first segment because he only has so much time today (laughs) Uh we're recording a Back to the Future day as well it's Dave Rudden Mm. hello right now we're in the magical three or so hours that uh, that Doc and Marty and Mm. Jennifer are all in 2015 and Einstein you're right he's well, he's there even longer. Yeah, like, and he doesn't get put in by a pile of laser discs. He gets no, to stay just, in the car. Yeah, he gets to stay in the car. They just dump her in an alley. Well, anyway, yes, this is the three hours or so Pacific Standard Time where Marty McFly and the rest go into the future to save his kids. It's nothing like that. We don't have hoverboards. You can't make a pizza hut in here. <laughs> hey, they didn't predict oven. iPhones. Those are better than hoverboards. Yeah. yeah those... I'm 35. What good is a fucking hoverboard to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we don't have power. Power? <laughs> well, I think iPhones aren't any good when they get power either. I also what is an iPhone if it doesn't have 3D touch, McFly? I also wonder, you know, hoverboards, how often do you have to update that firmware? Oh, God. Oh, not, that Mattel firmware. It'll be the death of me. <laughs> what, and what about that, uh, what is it, the big dog or the pit bull? Pitbull. Yeah. That probably takes even more. Because you know what? Hey, baby, I got a pitbull uh, now. Well, you know what? <laughs> I usually leave these things off, but Dave, you, the walking Dave, you're the biggest Back to the Future fan I know. Second yeah. to Chris. It's Chris the second, I'd say. Me? Well, I mean, no. Oh, well, no, actually, Ryan no, Ryan McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yeah. We'll find I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't buy that dumbass comic. I, oh. Dave did oh, buy the comic. Well, I Dave bought the comic through me. I was yeah. his comic book mule. I went to the local comic book shop which, quick aside, an interesting situation. I go in there at noon, fairly empty. I thought maybe some kids from the high, local high school would be in there. I was Uh-oh. wrong to think that. But uh, it was more than half the people in the store were women. There was me mm. and a dude there, a uh, lady by herself, lady behind the counter, and a lady with the dude. And so, yeah, more women than men at a comic book store. Think they're all maybe, single? maybe that's just Berkeley. That's a creepy thing you ask about women. Uh, You're free to ask that. You're store. single. You can ask yeah. that. But, uh, so, yeah, so you picked this up for me, and I had a One really of... sad experience at my local comic shop. Yeah. I went in, I asked, do you have Back to the Future, the comic? And uh, the woman cashier said we uh, we were shorted so we don't and then she kind of like it's pathetic she kind of did not say that she kind of sighed and then said like but I bet almost any other comic store around here has it Mm -hmm. and then like then like even further more resigned said thanks for coming in 
<laughs> and I'm like, fuck, should I just spend $10 on something? But I didn't. You, get, you give her your guilt money. No, well, that's... I mean, I, I do to I, go back and I get something else. I the manager of that place. They really should have realized, like, a Back in the Future day, like, order 10 or something. I don't know. I didn't quite uh, get the shorted. Today. I mean, they just got less than they expected. Oh, well, that could... I don't know what that maybe means. Maybe shorted does mean that the, their supplier just didn't mm-hmm. send them all the ones they ordered. At that point, yeah. you can't blame them. But so this is the IDW published... The comic will never be worth more than it is today. Comic book... Well, it has 34 variant covers. That is... I mean... Kind that, of overdid that there, I'd say. And who's the... Is Bob Gale involved? Bob Gale... He, he wrote half of one of the issues. That guy can't half stop writing Back yeah. to the Future things at Bob Gale. Yeah. He won't let him write Spider-Man anymore. Mm-hmm. He was on the Spider-Man trailer. So I mean, is, he, is he a famous comic writer, Bob Gale? Uh, I, I mean, he has a lot of big names to his credit. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say he's as big is as, that where say, he Mark came from? Wade or something. No, I think it's something he came to. Mm. I think actually he might have written before this, before he got famous in the eighties. But sure, it, it was a big deal before Brian, right before Brian Michael Bendis took over Daredevil. They were they were making a big deal, like we got a six issue story by Bob Gale, the Back to the Future writer. He's doing comics now. It's yeah. so crazy. So it was a first then, I'd say at least. But okay, what is the format? So he for? wrote used cars in nineteen forty one with Robert Zemeckis each time. So we're officially in. What have you been reading? Yeah, what Dang. is the so, so is this a bunch of short stories? It is. It's not a sequel. Well, it's kind of some of the stories are filling in the gaps. Like the very first thing in the, there's two different stories in here. The very first story is about Doc and Marty meeting for the first time, which is a story that's never been told. I've always wanted I've always been curious was about it. Was it real meat cute? I was gonna molest you and then I decided you were too smart, Marty. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it also features uh so this it takes place in nineteen eighty two. And yeah, but and um, E. T. Blade Mark, Runner, Poltergeist. Yeah. It was a good year. But Marty needs to get, like, something for an amp, and only Doc has it. So he has to break into his house. Because that, but wasn't that always the canonical story that they kind of told in passing, like, when people would ask, how do they meet? Well, clearly through his need for an amplifier. Yeah. Um, and it made the, movie, the opening of the movie makes total yeah. sense of that. But uh, Flea's, I forget what his name is, actually, but Flea's uh, character. Needles. Needles. Needles is involved. I guess Needles I am the bigger the, Back yeah. to the Future fan. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was an informal trivia test there, David. Yeah, but it's got, it's got cool little, like, uh, uh, callbacks. Like, uh, don't nobody calls me chicken, which is only a callback to the second two movies, not that was, the original. We, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time, we stream a movie every week. By the way, we need to help pick one immediately. We need um, to, oh, I'll make a post for yes, that. Yes, and, uh, and um, yeah, we did Back to the Future 2 this week, and I, I, I had always been curious about that. He doesn't have his chicken phobia yeah. until the beginning of the second film, but just the way those films work, it makes it feel like it was established. But now yeah. we watch one, it's never said. He yeah. has no aversion yeah. to the word chicken. Back to Future Facts. No, <laughs> nobody calls me a coward. In yeah. part two, they just needed a better arc for him than just like, will you get a nice car and get the girl? Well, you already got the car. It becomes the girl. a defining characteristic of Marty McFly in the second movie, which yeah. I think is kind of not cool. Well, it's so petty. So he can. It's all for the. It's all for the last yeah. speech at the end where he changes his future. That's mm-hmm. all. But all right. Well, it was and, thing. Yeah. So there's uh, other neat things like the, he says, "Perfect, just perfect," which is one of my favorite lines from the first movie. <laughs> uh, and there's Einstein's uh, overflowing bowl of dog mm-hmm. food. The very disgusting image uh, and then the second story is not as good it because Marty's not even involved it's, it's kind of a standalone doc story about how he uh, was recruited to work on on the Manhattan project 
but almost wasn't because he was too embarrassed to have the scientists who would uh, interview him go to his apartment because it's uh, unclean. So messy. Was that Oppenheimer? <laughs> yes. That, wow. <laughs> Which is like, a... it's a weird story and it's also kind of rings true. But, um, <laughs> for you, yeah. For I me, would feel yeah. that way too, yeah. I wouldn't want Oppenheimer to see in my apartment. Yeah, so apparently that's what the, this will tell, yeah, uh, kind of stories that have never been told. It will tackle alternate timeline stuff. So they said there might be one where you find out how Biff killed George in the Ooh, alternate uh, in timeline. Yeah. Right? How many the arc is is it four issues it's four issues okay. four issues of standalone stories I, and I, I mean it could, it could go on longer if it mm-hmm. does well I don't know but, uh, that was the one that shocked us uh, months ago when they announced what? it with, with Tom Wilson there they didn't well, they announced like the press release could to be clever IDW put out a press release the first day of Comic Con saying on the last day of Comic Con uh, IDW shocked the world by ha- by premiering the first issue of Back to the Future no one, none other than Biff himself came out to show it to everybody and then I was like oh wow so that means on the last day Tom Wilson's gonna come out with the comic that's amazing because Tom Wilson ha- has been like he's sworn off the Back to the Future yes. for years and then I like read a recap the day of and it's like they didn't even talk about Back to the Future I'm like motherfucker like why why would you make put so that in my head a cute alternate future press release yes so that's good. cute but right. then Clever press release I guess unless but. you deliver on it though and but actually Tom Wilson did end up working on the new Telltale game which yeah. I haven't yeah. played yeah. yet I really I mean, the, new, the new remake well on Dave The Walking Dave let's yes. check in on that too have you watched the newest episode of season uh, 6 only the premiere I haven't I've watched the new one yet mm, you, I know it, well it's, it's strange I've heard it's a good one too I've heard among my friends that they are less interested than ever in mm-hmm. The Walking Dead and yet it's it's really Ratings just go up and up and up. Like it's the most watched, and the Fear of the Walking Dead. Which Ugh. could I be so out of touch that I don't know <laughs> anyone who's watching the most popular TV shows? Mm. Yeah, I don't know anyone who watches. Oh, I did watch. Either. I did watch the, fl- the first two episodes of Flash. Though really great, right? Yeah, it's really fun. I had a lot <laughs> of the, fun like one of the first scenes is a broken Grodd cage. I'm like, oh yeah. Uh. Yeah, I didn't that see that weird. part when I watched the pilot. Uh, this is, oh, this yeah. is cool. No, oh, so you're watching the first season. I mean, it, it's yeah. hokey as shit, but it's it's first season blues, and like the dialogue's kind of terrible. And and I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying season two. The guy they cast is Jay Garrick, mm-hmm. who played, you know, Earth 2 Flash. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, just and so they, they even say Earth 1 and Earth 2 in the show. Yeah, and they don't fuck around with the Speed Force at all. Like, that is, like, immediately, like, a thing. Yeah, <laughs> and that's great. I love... They sometimes I figure they uh, the Speed Force is too complicated. It's, They're not going to talk. It feels about like that. really ballsy television. <laughs> well, I read a balls load of comics uh, this week. My goodness, did I! And so I'm going to have to do some quick hits. Uh, first off, this is free. I think it's still free on Comicsology, but Marvel with Bendis uh, they put out a free preview comic for the Netflix series. It is what Netflix series? Uh, well, Jessica, Jessica Jones and the series is yes. Yeah, it is a Jessica Jones special that introduces us to Netflix's Jessica Jones. This is not ah. 616 Jessica Jones. Just w- premieres way sooner than I thought. It's, yeah, less than a month. I think it's less than a month now. Apparently this Friday we will have a new trailer now. We mm. keep my eye out for it. But, so, it's a story about her in that world and her on a job but about half of it is a stealthy Daredevil story too where Daredevil just in a flashback beats the shit out of somebody and so it's an interesting if you enjoy the Netflix uh, the Daredevil Netflix definitely get it it's again a free promotional comic Mm -hmm. for it that's just a free download on Comixology 
And then I dove deep into the all-new, all-different world of Marvel in the last mm. week. So first off, I read Amazing Spider-Man number two, which mm-hmm. continues a great Whoa. story. I'm really enjoying it. Wait, when did I read that? Last week or the week before? It's a two weeks. It's two weeks at a time for Amazing. So right. yeah, you just read one last week. And it's same with two weeks in a row, every two weeks for Invincible Iron Man, which I just I, read part one of that. Not I read part two. one of that as well. And it was good. Yeah, it was, it, was, good. It, was, it was okay. I like his new status quo and the last page introduction of Doctor Doom, or a guy saying he's Doctor Doom. Yes, the biosignatures claim this man is Doctor Doom. But I, I think but that does flesh out. Suit is face. there the second issue out this so week? Issue two is out today. I am not ready yet. So Doctor Doom is back. He has a face. Secret Wars are over. God damn it! What I read? <laughs> yep, it's all done. Well, I and I read two more because this previous weekend I, I retweeted it, but it was a shock. It was a surprise sale. Marvel did this on Kindle and Comicsology yeah. and on their app. Buy one, get one free on oh. any comic they have. Any comic that is released. You can't do that's pre-orders. Really cool. And it was done so people would read the new issues. And so that's how I read Uncanny Avengers 1, which I gotta be honest, I wasn't that into. I really mm. was not. Uncanny Avengers is that Steve Rogers team sure. that has Deadpool on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not into the art. Ryan Stegman art is fine, but I don't like how he draws all the characters in it. And also, I felt lied to by the cover in a 90s way. And, and, and we'll see if there's a twist coming in issue two. But issue the issue one on the cover, there's Peter Parker Spider-Man right there. By page five... Spider-Man has quit and says he is done and he's leaving. And that's that was the thing that really disappointed me about it because it's not just like, I have to see Spider-Man everywhere. I'm such a Spider-Man fan. Mm-hmm. The issue for me is that Human Torch is on the team. Mm-hmm. So it has the promise of Human Torch Spider-Man Dynamics Monthly. And I love those two uh, yeah. off of mm-hmm. each other. And there's just a sad scene in it of, of, of the Human Torch saying, oh, I thought we were basically saying, I thought we were going to hang out, Pete. Oh, I well. we were going to do this together, <laughs> man. Fine. Yeah. Though I get that Spider-Man can't coexist on a team with Deadpool. Like, that doesn't work. But Is that what broke up the team? Spider-Man, well, it's why Spider-Man quit. Deadpool did a thing and Spider-Man's like, you irresponsible idiot. I'm out of here. <laughs> Is there a particular reason? I bet that really, why, really hurt why Deadpool. Why they don't get along? Or? Um, Deadpool murders Deadpool people. Deadpool murders people all the time. Spider-Man kills no one. Yeah, but I would... Is, is Spider-Man the only person in the Marvel Universe who has that, eth- or the only person in this comic that has that ethic? Yeah, uh, pretty much. Every like that, that's what makes Deadpool the weird outlier. Other yeah. people on the team are saying, uh, "Deadpool, I can't trust him," but but Steve Rogers, he's there to just say, "You should trust Deadpool. Deadpool's mm-hmm. great. Listen to Deadpool." He's like a little kid with regenerative powers who wants to do the right mm-hmm. thing, but constantly does the wrong thing to the audiences. Uh, uh, though they at least have a good twist delight. in there that they explain that Deadpool is also on the team because. He's very popular in-universe right. now, <laughs> and they're selling a ton of his merch, and that's paying for the team, which seems like a bit of a crossover, yeah. like a very real explanation. But right. yeah, I wasn't into that. Same one I was kind of nonplussed by mm-hmm. was Spider-Man 2099, which it's, we'll be reading that. it's an interesting setup, <laughs> but you don't even see him in costume doing shit, which I think, like, look, I don't have to demand action in every sure. comic all the time. But if it's the first issue, I I just I want to see. But when you're dude, resetting a universe, what does it matter what happens in one need, comic in yeah. the future of that universe? You need to see the guy in cost, the guy or girl in costume doing their thing, and he doesn't do that. And the issue is about him not wanting to be Spider-Man anymore. He competes in Ninja Warrior instead, <laughs> which was funny. It was funny, but I just had a little malaise reading it. I was just like, Man, that show is still on in 2099. Uh, no, <laughs> well, he's the Spider-Man of 2099, but he lives in the now. Oh, okay. okay, so he does live. 
here. Yeah, he lives here now. Still six, lives here. 616. Now he works for Peter Parker. He doesn't work for Alcadex anymore, if you've been paying attention to that. Uh, and lastly, of the all new, all different I read, was Karnak Number 1 by Warren Ellis, mm, which ah. uh, I really enjoyed, and I won't be buying issue 2 because it is a wait-for-the-trade book, if ever there was one. Uh, <laughs> it is Johnny Carson's uh, superhero. I was it's waiting for you man. to say that. I knew you'd be the one to call it the Johnny Carson. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what is the Dane's reply? <laughs> uh, in case you don't know, Karnak is the coolest of the Inhumans uh, who isn't Lockjaw. He has the very ill-defined power of that he knows the weakness of everything. He knows everything's weakness and how to exploit it, which is nutty to me because it almost seems like in the 60s, Stanley and Jack Kirby made up characters with no idea of what their powers actually meant. They made up Magneto like, yeah, it's Magneto. He can throw steel girders at things. They didn't think about, oh, he can flip the magnetic core of the planet. He can rip the iron out of a man's blood. The craziest one is Molecule Man. They're like, he's a Molecule Man. He controls molecules. You mean he's God? (laughs) Like, that's... Yeah. And so, Which she is in Secret Wars. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's that's them taking it to the logical extreme. Yeah. But so Karnak's the same way. That the, and Warren Ellis writes him as this that he's this he's kind of split off from the Inhumans and he just lives in this place called the Tower of Wisdom, like meditating all day and mm-hmm. teaching his pupil stuff. And then he's called back into action by Shield to kit to help them with some kidnapped dude. And he's just like this weird, super like uh, Aspergersy type dude who doesn't want to talk to anybody. And he's just like. All I see is your weaknesses. I don't care what you have to say. Love is nothing. And he's he's a typical Warren Ellis like detached, violent uh, hero, which I like. But the reason it felt also like there's a lot of silence, a lot of like was well, kind of stretching. This would have been halfway through in some other books. Mm-hmm. And then also it just ends in the middle of this, like he breaks into a place, like the fight scene begins. And one page later, it's over. Next <laughs> issue, like that to me felt like, oh, I'm supposed to read the next issue in the collection. Mm-hmm. I'll be right into the next fight. But I love Warren Ellis. I love Karnak. It's a, it was a fun book. But, uh, oh, and I also read a couple Civil War or Secret Wars finishes Civil War 5 and A Force How, how is that going? I have not caught up with Civil War. Civil it's, War it's one of my favorite of the Civil Secret War Wars Civil War 5 books. is a B-plus finale mm-hmm. to, to that mini series maybe minus even but Mm -hmm. it's good same with a force a force 5 was a good little finale to but well i don't know about civil war but for a force it really is the setup for the a force comic which will launch in a couple months like or next month i forget this the slow rollout of all new all different marvel it's hard to hard to gauge exactly when those are but Mm. Uh, yeah, they were both good, and I definitely would suggest getting... I think those collections are good outside of Secret Wars. You don't have to care about Secret Wars. And also, I don't care about Secret Wars now. Like, we've seen the future. They they fucked up the ending. And I guess I still want to see what happens with Doctor Doom, but eh. And, I, I, yeah, I, what I, did, I gotta what know. Did you read? Uh, well, what I'd rather that I liked was... Uh, I read Doctor Strange. Number ah, one, which is, one, yeah. Yeah, which is a character, like, I don't know, I'll be honest, I think is pretty hard to get into, even if you're a Marvel fan. It's kind of a weird, hippie, Harry Potter universe <laughs> stuck in the middle of this Marvel world, but I don't know, they managed to not only ground him, and numerous panels make him look like both uh, Frank Zappa and uh, Manos... <laughs> Uh, se- several times and wow. like, uh, I'm like I, I don't know I really dig this little uh, mustache design of him I, I, I love the way he looks I love that he's constantly messing around with his outfit and taking it on and off and uh, yeah I, I do think it he's was got an axe well, it was a really neat introduction for like a reintroduction for him in the Marvel universe. I don't remember him the last time he got his own solo book at all. Mm. 
uh, or yeah. any story particularly focused on him. It's I don't even know how he's resurrected after Sacred Wars. But, but uh, who? Well, there's been an eight month break, so who knows? There was there was a, a slightly fascinating panel I liked in the beginning. He wakes up and he's in a sleeping child's room, who he's probably just helped out defeating soul uh-huh. eaters and whatnot. And in the child's room is a giant poster of Wolverine, a giant poster of Spider Man, and a giant doll of the thing with him in the middle lit where everything else is diminished and I don't know I just read that as like these are the popular Marvel characters Marvel is no longer interested in uh. <laughs> um, and in the middle is a light being shown on Doctor Strange a character we can't I don't know I don't know if that was commentary but it just um, I don't know I immediately I, I immediately got chills when I saw that, that the image sweetest form of Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I've ever heard you know I've heard people bring uh, somebody brought this up with Howard the Duck mm-hmm. that in both these cases Marvel is it does seem that Marvel is quick to greenlight something that they have the movie rights to again. I don't. I don't think it's the same as like we have a movie, make the comic like the movie. Mm-hmm. But I do think they're like if somebody comes at them with a pitch for a Howard the Duck thing, and now they have the film rights to Howard the Duck again. I think whoever it is that approves the new comic, may, it's it gets them to do it faster. I think if you come to them with a say, I have a great idea for a Colossus solo book, you might not be getting that approved. Mm-hmm. And I, I was paying close attention to the way Strange talked. And outside of one word, I didn't catch a British accent on this yeah. Doctor Strange, and I'm just curious how Cumbie Batch is going to end up playing. Yeah, I don't know. You know, in my head, I guess I sometimes did imagine an English accent, but he's not. He's an American. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's established as an American. He's a New Yorker. Um, he lives in Greenwich Village. Like, that's yeah, his... I believe they say Bleecker Street in particular. Yeah, he lives he on Bleecker Street. Uh, I've never been. I should have gone there when I visited Manhattan. I should have been like, now I'm going here. <laughs> it's, like, it's like every one of those Marvel mansions, like it's in the middle of Manhattan, but there's a grassy yard. I'm like, just get the fuck out of here. I don't know when you thought those existed in Maybe in the 1960s it was easier to buy them. And if they do, they're behind like an 80-foot granite wall that no one can see. (laughs) Uh, You know, I also read the one DC book this week, shockingly Uh, enough, Justice League 45, which is mm -hmm. Act 2, Part 1 of the Darkseid War. Mm -hmm. And the previous issue ended with Darkseid dead, and he's still dead in this one. And it's an interesting reset of like, okay, here we are in Act 2, a bunch more fights are starting, but I had a problem with it, which what I had been enjoying about Darkseid War up to this point was, it was like a mega crossover at DC, but all contained only in single issues of Justice League. And then when I got to the end of this one, it's like, the story continues in Darkseid War, Flash, Darkseid War, Batman, Darkseid War, Green Lantern. Not for me. And then it was like, and then come back next <laughs> month for, I was like, yeah, I'm not buying. <laughs> I don't want to buy these side books to see the shit that happened with them. Like that's what that's what bothered me a little bit. That I I had been enjoying it as its own solo thing, mm-hmm. and then here come the tie-in books to tell me to buy them. And I maybe I sound a little hypocritical uh, just talking about how much I love some Secret War tie-in books, but I don't know. I, I'll look at the creative. It's an team. expensive way to follow a story arc. I do. If anything, I do like kind of admire Secret Wars for just it's none of it. I again, I'm I probably haven't read past issue three of anything that's not Secret Wars uh, proper, but uh, like it's all kind of like well, what ifs? Yeah, these are all yeah. just what ifs. They're and fun like, little what ifs. Yeah, they're they're characters I like or characters I don't get to see very often interacting in weird ways throughout the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. I, I understand Secret... I think that might have been a good idea. I'm a little sick of it. I wish it was concluding at the right time. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I will say the issue 45 as it by itself was also an amazing art. It was The art was by Francis... Uh, Francis... Francis Manipool. Stocky. 
Francis Manipool, the, the dude who wrote and drew the new 52 Flash book that you mm. enjoyed so much, and, and I also was a fan of. Ma- Manipool and, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it, Manipool and Jeff Johns worked so well together. They did a great job together on The Flash pre-New 52, and then being back together in Justice League really excites me. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was a nice it was a nice little book. I'm just not going to read the side books, I don't think, unless I love the creative teams, which I probably don't. Uh... <laughs> Is that, oh, but hey, I almost forgot. Ah. Back again to Dave to book in this with Dave before he has to run away. Yeah. Dave's Dave. homework. Homework. H the D. Mm. Howard the Duck. The Chip Zdarsky written Howard the Duck. I think this, yes, this is the first recipient of an A+. From wow. Dave's homework. Wow. I really like this. Uh, I liked every single issue in the run. I, I you know, I, I liked Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just not quite as even and the humor didn't quite work and it sometimes just felt like you're being too silly right now mm-hmm. uh how are the duck didn't feel quite like that like the villains don't seem that dumb I- even though the whole thing is about what is it it's not the infinity gauntlet it's uh, uh it's the, the secondary infinity yeah. like it's the ugh, God, that was funny remember. But, like, nobody's made out to be huge jokes, except maybe Spider-Man, but that's funny. I like that that running thing where Spider-Man is just an emotional wreck. The second he's faced with any feelings of guilt or responsibility, he breaks down and cries and just says, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben. Yeah, and the... the, the, uh, Rocket Raccoon team up's really good. Yeah, and one of, yes. one of my favorite Let bits. One of my favorite bits in it is uh, the cover for the Guardians of the Galaxy crossover one, where they were clearly told. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that they were clearly told to do a duck face, like mm-hmm. off camera. They're like, do a duck face for the selfie, <laughs> and so they're all making duck face, except for Howard, who's pissed off, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, the very literal Batista. Oh yeah, jeez. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah. Drax the Destroyer. Yeah. I know his name's not Batista. He just puts he puts his hands in front of his face <laughs> like it's a duck bill. It's, <laughs> it's just such a great little joke. Yeah. Did you like how like the the corners of panels are just filled with like text jokes? Like oh, they're not geez, just throwaway even... jokes. Wait, like a footnote kind of thing? No, not a footnote okay. thing. Not like in Squirrel Girl, but just like there'll be a billboard sign oh, yeah. joke, like from the Simpsons Simpson style, yeah. that a lot of people wouldn't bother to draw in. That's That also felt like a real Zdarsky touch, just yeah. like, what was his uh, like his phone number, 188-quack-you yeah. or whatever? one 800 duck dick Duck dick, that's it. That's even better, <laughs> duck dick. I forgot. Uh, and yeah, the, the Aunt May story is really good, too. Um, and those little side stories, the one where he's yeah. hanging out with the people, the guys who dress up as superheroes. Uh-huh. The replicates? <laughs> yeah, the replicates. Just flip to the page. It's awesome. Yeah, spider Ham is just a literal pig. Uh, all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, you need really to... Good. I'll be leaving that one here leave so you can read here. it. Uh, that is but such that's, a, a, that's the entire run, right? Or it's being yeah, rebooted? Yeah, end, they ended at issue four. It was poorly timed. They're mm-hmm. like, all right, let's start doing it. Oh, Secret Wars is here. Um, yeah. Well, we'll just start it again. And they're making great jokes about it, too, saying, like, uh, what's all new, all different about Howard? He's um, got a new hat. <laughs> and then there's a picture of Howard just looking at a bunch of yeah. different hats. And like, he says, what, really? This is it? Uh, well, all right. Well, yeah, Dave, it, like it ends Dave. just like a pilot episode would end, and I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. So it's re- being rebooted. Yeah, but well, I mean, rebooted by the same people in yeah. the same continuing story. It's not yeah. that much of a reboot. But well, I'm glad you a plus. You say yes. 
Well, Dave, I did bring in a whole new stack of, uh, of homework assignments for the future, but based on the recent release of yeah. the Force Awakens trailer and everybody losing their shit to buy tickets for it, including I wish, us. wish you gave an excuse for us to talk about Star Wars this whole show. Uh, we couldn't get this issue to you in time. But here is the first volume of Star can, Wars the book. Now I'll know all those things you guys are talking about during the trailer. Like yeah, Rilo Kylie. All the things we were, we were wrong about. Kiley, yeah. All the things YouTube commenters are mean about. That's what YouTube commenters right, it, Look, just smile because it's what they're going to do anyway. Yeah, they would have done it somewhere else. I think that shows we're reaching out beyond our audience mm. that, that we have people showing up to hate us. But So, anyway, that, that's the brand. That's the first collection, the first six issues of Jason Aaron and John Cassidy's Star Wars, the comic. It is an amazing adventure. Beautifully drawn. I hope you enjoy it, David. Uh, I don't know if you're in the mood for Star Wars am, right now. So. That trailer made me. Everyone, everybody should be. We will continue watching, rewatching the movies. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Starting at the beginning of November. Yeah, we for took patrons. This, we took this month off to to fit in horror films, but yeah, November is going to double up on Star Wars, New Ooh, Hope, and wait. Empire. All right, I think it's time we took a break. We've talked so much about new comics, and Dave, I yes. hope you enjoy Back to the Future with uh, your my DeLorean's pulling up right now. <laughs> and uh, hey, I hope uh, hope your Mets are still doing, yeah. are still flying high. Let's go Mets! All right, and and uh, but when we come back, Chris and I will talk about the, a bunch of news, including Fox News getting pissed off and Venture Brothers trailer and your answers to last week's question of the week. Episode 160 of Cape Crisis, LaserTimePodcast.com's bestest comic book podcast around. And again, I'd like to thank everybody for their listening and patronage and all that stuff. If you support us through Patreon.com slash LaserTime with $5 or whatever a month and get all the good, all those good bonuses. People got their free stickers. They got their stickers out of it. They got their commentaries. They got the first season of, of Talking Simpsons. Got all that stuff. All just through supporting us monetarily. And if you want to help us out that way, it is the easiest way to do so, and it all helps makes our lives a little bit easier as we do this full time. Of course, you have other options to help us too. If you go to uh, lasertimepodcast.com, you'll see a bunch of links to Amazon on the right side of the screen, and also in this week's episode page. Buy anything through those links, not just what we suggest, but anything, and a little bit of money gets sent back our way at no extra cost to you. It's the same great Amazon price as you'd pay, but helping us out at the same time. You're going to buy stuff on Amazon anyway. Why not help us out too? Just keep that in mind the next time you're going to Amazon to buy you know a bunch of envelopes or something also you know if you're subscribing to this on iTunes thanks a bunch but if you're not why not do that and if you're doing that or not give this a five star review give this a review a written review new reviews help us all the time and I'd really appreciate that and the same goes for Talking Simpsons our newest launched podcast that is brand new and needs all the help it can get for visibility so listen to that if you like it give it a review as well please 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 thanks a bunch 
Lastly, now it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. This week's Pick of the Week is inspired by all the Force Awakens stuff going on here. All the Star Wars stuff just thrown in our face and it's exciting. And so this week came out the collection of the Darth Vader book. The Darth Vader solo book written by Kieran Gillen. Art by Salvador La Roca, I believe. And it's just such a fun book. I talked about it before on the show. And I just really enjoy it because Vader is menacing, but he's the main character. It's like a Breaking Bad type thing, too, where you're seeing him sneak around on the Empire, get one over on his the Empire dudes who work for him. And on top of that, he has just like this wilting sarcasm throughout the whole book. I forgot that Darth Vader could be funny. In the, in the original trilogy, he's a funny guy who says things like, Don't disappoint me further. Or things like that. He's he's just he's he's a catty guy. That's that's what I really enjoy about Darth Vader, and it is accentuated in his solo book. And so you can buy the first collection of it and a bunch of other cool things we talked about in this week's episode. There are links to buying it on Amazon off of this week's episode page on LaserTimePodcast.com. So check that out if you're interested. Buy it through those links, and again, that helps support Laser Time in a very subtle, easy way. All right, enough gabbing. Back to the rest of the show. Episode 160 of Cape Crisis. I got it this time. Yay! And we're minus Dave Rudden, unfortunately, but I hope I hope he. It's, that's not a comment on Dave Rudden. No, it's but the only sound I had. I hope he enjoys Back to the Future Part Two. Well, hey, and wait, Star I think, Wars. I think there's another clip up there about uh, why about people hate. Y'all be haters. Don't hate my game. <laughs> oh, love that clip. If you want to know the story behind that clip, listen to listen to this week's Vinci Game Apocalypse. Then see that's a nice easy plug. Or for, if you don't for like this episode. show, just bear in mind. Y'all be haters. Don't hate my game. <laughs> well, let me tell you about something I don't. Hate. Oh wait, quick, quick flash, ah, news. Yes. flash news. Flash uh, news. Uh, not about the Flash. Grant Morrison sale on Comicsology. Yes, it looks excellent. It actually, um, is on my thing. It's it is. They're selling some of my favorite books ever for yeah. super duper cheap. Including Doom Patrol and the Invisibles, mm-hmm. two great '90s books, amazing '90s books, and his run from the '90s on JLA, which is also incredible. That's not even like the post 9/11 works of Je- Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. This is already like so many great things are on sale. Dig through it, guys. Yeah, it's well, super you cheap. sort of got me back into comics in the mid 2000s by handing me a copy of the Invisibles because I was in my uh, yeah. distrusting George Bush era, anac- like just anarchist leanings, like the, the high. The height of all that, like here's the invisible, like oh shit, this comic speaks to me uh, in a way that probably is more befitting of a teenager. But yes. I, I still do love the Invisibles. Well, speaking of writers, we enjoy Jason Aaron had big news this week. Aaron, he, he signed a new exclusive deal with Marvel. Did he so really? he's he's been on an exclusive deal for a while with Marvel, which is 
in case you didn't know, this is a common thing for big name guys like him that Marvel wants him exclusively when they know DC might offer him big money to work for them instead. So instead of him being a freelancer like most comic writers and artists are, they offer him this and they're like, yeah, you're you're an exclusive guy and this comes with like extra bonuses, mm-hmm. sometimes health insurance, all this stuff. And and he's even got a great deal where he continues to be exclusive to Marvel, which is great because he's writing some of their most like new, newsworthy books and best books. Like he's writing Star Wars, mm-hmm. he's writing Mighty Thor, he's writing Doctor Strange now. Like he's a big deal. But he also still gets to be doing, he still gets to do his creator own stuff and image he's getting to do the goddamned and southern bastards the only deal in his thing is that he can't write for dc like he can do his own his own solo creator own books but just so long as he doesn't publish them at dc really just one company yeah just uh, i i'm i'm surprised by that because i really think marvel should be thinking of image as competition now yeah but, well, i think it may, even not in terms of sales in terms of poaching writers like yeah. it, image seems like a better gig matt for example matt fraction and kelly c to I mean, don't me. write regularly for marvel anymore speaking as someone better who, at image. speaking as someone who got to do something similar go to a big company build your name so you may then leave <laughs> and be more famous that's not be more oh, yeah. famous continue like less famous as you go trust me on that so trust uh, <laughs> but, trust me on that ed brubaker but get your name out there yes you get, get your, but you get your name out there first <laughs> yeah that's uh i think that's a strategy now because these fucking corporations man like marvel <laughs> they 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 take you and they use you up and they mm-hmm. you you make things for them that they own forever mm-hmm. that's the deal it's always been the deal and people take those jobs knowing that's the deal mm-hmm. but the one thing you can get over on them is like they don't own you yeah and they have to they advertise your name, and people know when Ed Brubaker... They know Ed Brubaker writes the return of Captain America yeah. and, and Winter Soldier, and he can use that later on in his Feel career. free to be a fan of Spider-Man, but remember you to be a fan of you. Well, and speaking of corporations <laughs> making corporate moves, that oh, Marvel... Well, there was this interesting bit of news where Marvel was doing some presentation in China... China. Uh, they were doing a presentation in China, and they said that they were they were going to make more Chinese characters mm. and characters of Chinese descent. Yeah, I can't in think of any. Uh, what about Wong, the manservant oh, of Doctor Strange? Yes. In the Mandarin, oh boy. <laughs> and uh, well, I believe the new well, let's not call him sidekick, but the new pupil of mm-hmm. Daredevil mm-hmm. in the upcoming Daredevil book. All new, all different. He's, I believe, is Chinese. Don't quote me on that, I, but I believe he is Chinese. And so there's, they're maybe amping it up some, but I mean, China watches all their fucking movies. Yeah. This is how big Marvel is in China. The movies are. Iron Man had, um, Iron Man 3 had different cuts for China to add in a famous Chinese actor mm. into it and... To make it legally screenable in China. But also, Universal China is getting no sorry disney china Mm -hmm. what disney shanghai it's getting an iron man ride first before anything else based on the movies it's iron man the ride and it looked really cool it's it's of course a dark room ride because that's all superhero rides should be dark dark room i unless it's the whole coaster is awesome but like yeah i love dark rides i love those things i love the spider-man ride i love dark rides too except they don't age so well but that's the point. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm looking at a diorama of fandom. Like even if, even if I went back to Islands of Adventure now, I'm looking at a monument to fandom of the '90s. That's yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. That's really awesome. You can't see this anywhere else. 
I do like that. Uh, well, okay, so this week there was a new trailer, not for Force Awakens, so that was great. And you mm-hmm. should watch our live reactions to the new trailer. It was a great YouTube. trailer. plus Laser Time Network. We streamed some Back to the Future and Halo as well. Though I did see this weird, there's this weird conversation going on online about, about Leia in that movie where it was cool just to see even a, a fraction of a second of Leia in the trailer because we hadn't seen, yeah, we hadn't seen any of her. They're really being withholding with the old people. Uh, uh, I am getting very concerned about Luke. But the people were giving, <laughs> so some people were saying like, wow, isn't it great that she got to age gracefully? It's so like they let that they let Leia be old in this movie, which then other people were like, "Well, what the fuck are you talking about? Like Han Solo's way older than her. They let him be old, and what were they going to recast Princess Leia in the movie? I guess but were people were people soapboxing incorrectly? Is that what happened? Uh, but also that people <laughs> said that that they're like, "Oh, Princess Leia, she looks great. She gets to be natural." They people then also pulled up a quote from Carrie Fisher where they said. They didn't want to hire me. They wanted to hire me minus 35 pounds, which she lost. So you're not seeing real Carrie Fisher. Like, But, but that's even... A, everybody gets a shape to be in a movie. Yeah. If we were casting a movie now, you think we would want to lose 35 pounds to look good? In I want to do it to be films? on a stream. Of course, it'll be terribly tonight, but that'll be the end of it. It's same with like, oh, do you think... Uh, boy, this is a data reference. But do you think Jamie Lee Curtis walked around <laughs> in the 90s always looking like she did in True Lies? Or same with Arnold Schwarzenegger True. or Vin Diesel. These people... No, you look at... Look at not they, not they just The Rock, off, uh, yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. How swole he got for that one role in Pain and Game. Mm-hmm. I hope he does not look like that people all the time. People don't always look like that. Yeah. That's the thing. And so... Uh, anyway, I thought it was. And you shouldn't try and look like that because it takes a shitload of work and usually multiple personal trainers, nutritionists to get you on and off those kinds of diets. I, like it's technically dangerous. Uh, did you, the real stupid news with Leia? I just saw mm-hmm. uh, the stupidest news. Yet another awful, awful fucking Target shirt. Um, and they they took a shot from the movie from the beginning oh, of no. Star Wars uh, of Darth Vader pointing his finger at Leia and removed Leia and added uh, Luke. That is bullshit. And added, and added Luke. And wow. like, it's a, in, like under it's a. But it's a boy's shirt, and like, but it's a shot from the movie, yeah, and like it, that didn't happen. I gotta say, if I was eleven and got that shirt, I would, I would be a whiny baby to my mom and say, like, "This isn't even a shot from the movie." And this I'll be the right. first to admit, I was like probably a, just an awful cunt as a young kid, but I wouldn't have complained about a Star Wars shirt with Leia yeah. on it. That that seems like totally asinine. It makes me feel weird. That and I didn't even say what the quote is above it. Oh no! Oh yes, it's got text. It oh. is, uh, it is a long line of Target's humor shirts. Oh, it's Darth worst. Vader pointing at now Luke Skywalker, saying, "I brought the four. I brought the dark side. What did you bring?" Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. You know, no, those it's, good, the, it's good, right? Those it's are good. the worst because they like they're not hilarious at Hot Topic. Hot Topic. So you have internet shirts that are funny, no. and then you get the ones that, and I said that in quotes, quote marks funny. <laughs> then you get them at, at Hot Topic where they're less funny even there because they're going even more mainstream. Mm-hmm. And then you get Target trying to do those. They're even less I funny. I want shirts with no text. Unless your, your Doom thing is pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's it, awesome well, it's right just now. the words Doom yeah. and him riding that's a fine. unicorn. I will say this. I think 90% of the time, We Love Fine, which is mm-hmm. the shirt company who made this, mm-hmm. they get it right. They yeah. know how to make good shirts. Well, but when you won't be embarrassed. And I stopped doing it just because it was too painful. But my constant crusade against... Charles Schultz peanut shirts that just <laughs> I'd be banging just a picture of Woodstock with a drum like stop it man yeah and that's this is already cool don't worry about man, it they fucked with it that much that's terrible but also 
Yeah, I just, I can't imagine in 2015 there are kids today. You know, I think it, I think what it is, it's not even society. It's mm-hmm. the it's the gatekeepers in charge. Like, it's it's not that a kid, I don't think a majority of, of little boys, given that shirt mm-hmm. with Princess Leia on it, would say, girls are yucky. Yeah. I'm trying don't to imagine that, that the me. idiot fucking Mo, Mo bully kid at school, like, just like, yeah, you're going to shoot with Leia on your queer, like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. <laughs> idiot? It's a scene from the movie. What We're characters. Yeah, shut the fuck up. But I think this bully's an idiot. (laughs) I think some target executive probably just thought like this might not sell more to boys. That's like yeah, it's not like it's not like Fox owns the rights to Leia in this case. Like yeah, (laughs) well, excising something due to corporate rights. Fox News. Let's get in that. You said Fox. Okay, so. There is a new issue of Captain America 1, which I did also read this week, which was an interesting start. Mm-hmm. Him having to fly commercial to to uh, to go somewhere. Fal- he's got no Falcon money. had to fly commercial. Well, because he can't fly he long can't get there distances. That fast. Yeah, and, and so he goes to Arizona where he meets some... Well, here, why don't we listen to Fox... The Fox and Friends explain it. By, the way, by, by the way, the, the, the ticker at the bottom so says, Doggone it, these dogs <laughs> immediately regret their choices. <laughs> they, so this serious... Well, Fox and Friends is Fox news's fun morning show oh, so of course they're showing silly pictures so this is them reporting on captain america's new political stance we have news from the comic book world and we're going to let the expert on the subject take it away clayton what's going on well, you know comic clayton. books have been struggling over the past few years tucker because more and more americans are going to see movies they're going to marvel movies of this course is to see the Avengers. And so comic right books are struggling to get readership and here you have marvel doing a little bit of a pr stunt in fact they've made sam wilson who is formerly the falcon he's a he's a uh, he's an african-american he's taking over as captain america now but he's got a new odd enemy instead of uh, going against hydra and the typical captain america villains he's going up against conservatives that's his new enemy and uh here's a quote from the book of the series attention all trespassers i am the supreme serpent by (laughs) invading this sovereign land you defy the laws of god nature and the united states constitution therefore i hereby apprehend you by the power vested in me by the aforementioned god nature etc etc so who is this serpent is this serpent an islamic extremism (laughs) an isis member bent on destroying western civilization no the serpent is an american who has misgivings about unlimited illegal immigration (laughs) and the costs associated with it. Right. And that, what according the to the comic book, is evil. Right. So these serpents are stopping people from coming over the border. And Captain America is saying, uh-uh, that's not going to happen on my watch. I'm uh-huh. Captain America. Here's what the comic book goes on to say. Oh, what? Okay, yes. wait a second here. So they're, they're spinning this to believe that, that Captain America is somehow anti-conservative. Yes, yeah. But, so what there's yeah. what they're, so what these guys are aligning themselves with right now mm-hmm. are a bunch of open carry shitheads pointing guns mm-hmm. at innocent Mexican immigrants. I that's can, what Fox. That, that's, I can imagine Fox News has probably done multiple puff pieces on the guys who guard the border for like the the guys who guard the border for free. Who are just like I guard this. This is literally here. like it's it's both vigilante justice and racist. Yes, yes. <laughs> I liked his little pause there. He's like, who's um, an African American? Mm-hmm. Like he's searching for the word. Like should I say black? Mm, no. And, and I remember you, somebody mentioned something about this, and like I haven't read issue number one of this, but like this is. 
How long has Sam Wilson been Captain America? He's been it for about close a year, to a year now. Yeah, about a fucking year. I, I, and I, I guess well, it's the it's the contents of the comics. Yes. I'll give them that much respect. Their throw to Clayton was funny because I liked how Tucker was like, "We're going to go to the expert." It's not like Tucker Carlson was saying, like, you're the comic book nerd yes. on the staff. You, it's play, also like, you admitted to reading a comic backstage. Which, by the way, Tucker, Tucker Carlson is the biggest, like, political dweeb in the world. Dork. For him to call, for him to, like, throw shade on Clayton is bullshit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But where's Fox and Friends? Like, I didn't recognize... I recognize the blonde in the middle, though. I feel like Fox News blondes are uh, It wasn't Bobby Moynihan, and yeah. I'm, there's no way I'm going to recognize anybody. Or that blonde idiot that uh, Taron Killam plays. Just yeah. I only recognize Tucker Carlson because once a year I watch a video of Jon Stewart making him look like an ass. Mm-hmm. And that's it why he went very to Fox happy. News. He's a little safer there. It makes Fox me very News. happy. Anyway, uh, I, it wait, almost wait, feels redundant to make fun of Fox News What's the quote? So this is, what, this is Captain America's quote, I think, from the new issue. I believe you, sir. I can see you have enough trouble with you already. Trouble and disease and cr- Crime weigh heavy on your backs. That's a serpent. Interesting. An interesting discussion around the idea of disease and and rapists and everything else. But the whole theme is the same, which is out there in the middle of the country between Malibu and Georgetown, everyone is an ignorant, snake-handling bigot, and they need to be held in place or else they'll turn this into Nazi Germany. It's like... so irritating, like... Like, I don't really have a problem with, like, our buddy Teddy Rossi was on the show this week. Yeah. He says conservative leanings. We hang out, have a great time. And, like, there's nothing wrong with being inherently conservative. This phony fucking horseshit trying to get young, angry young people on their side. Well, like, he didn't, like, there's nothing yeah. in the Marvel comic that says, like, everybody at Marvel disrespects everyone in the flyover states. They took a very specific target, one who gives a fuck, has a basis in real life, and they're terrible. Yeah, it's... And and I saw these funny replies. This, this was this kicked up a dumb Twitter t- shitstorm about it. But Kurt Busiek, who is one of my childhood favorite comic writers, still a very good comic writer today. He had this tweet saying, uh, people said, oh, the liberals should make their own Captain America. They did in 1940. He's called Captain America. That is exactly like Captain America was made by two Jews, New York Jews, Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, who had him punching Hitler on the cover of a comic a year before America had declared war. Yes. When they did that comic, there were still Nazi parties of America Mm -hmm. in America. Like they were a political group. So Captain America has been political from day one. Yes, and also, but also, let's let's be honest. He's also he's been co-opted by the right yeah. for for brief periods, mm-hmm. but he's mostly been a liberal figure of America. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. I, 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 I'm just gonna get attacked I, on Twitter. A, now. I like that he's I, a by like white two people. And I already know who you fucking are, and I could name you right now. Uh, but again, if if I think if they want conservatives to do a comic, like write a comic. Have some conservative dude write a comic called Do The it. Guard, where it's there's, a super team that no guards way, us from Mexico. There's no way Glenn Beck doesn't have a comic. And, <laughs> like one of those the Bill biggest, O'Reilly yes, uh, detective Tech Jansen, some shit. And like, <laughs> and like there's, there's no way he doesn't. And the argument, we win this argument because none of you can name it. I guarantee yes. it exists. I had a friend who used to get all his newsletters, and they were fucking hilarious. They were like 3-2-1 contact for idiots. For <laughs> well, it's that same deal of like you hear people say, like, oh, all these... All these super liberal comedians. We need conservative comedians. Most of them aren't as funny. Artists are artists are liberal. Complainers are conservative. Mm. Let it go. Uh, well, speaking of artists <laughs> and arts, this is not a great segue, but the Venture Brothers season six trailer oh. is posted, <laughs> and almost over a year it'll be. It premieres February seventh next year. Mm. So over a year from the last special, which when they did the special it, was like, oh, season six must it be kind of close. It makes it almost two years from yeah. the l- actual last it episode. Will, the show, 
The show premiered in 2003. So in 12 years, they will have produced... No, sorry. In 13 years, they will have produced six seasons. Wow. But the wait is always worth it. And so this trailer had tons of little shots that are like yeah. half a second long, but also a couple of lengthy bits. And the one I wanted to play was the return of my favorite character of season <laughs> five, or was it four? I can't even remember. Brown Widow, their Spider-Man parody <laughs> who lives in New York and is played by Nathan Fillion. And so... In this yeah, clip. we did a whole a whole show on Venture Brothers comic references. Yeah. Oh, Seek that out. So That's good. one of the more evergreen episodes. But so this one is, and the second he was on there, I was like, I gotta have more Nathan Fillion on mm-hmm. the Venture Brothers. So this clip shows it is uh, Nathan Fillion's character, Brown Widow, mm-hmm. in his se- normal identity, showing Dean Venture around a school. Okay, well, while you think about it, how about I show you around? I'm something of a big man on campus around here. <laughs> hey, lover boy! Um, I think that guy's trying to... Just ignore him. What are you, working for the weekend? Here, maybe you could use a little pick-me-up. <laughs> my campus tour guide sense is telling me Tosh Tompkins is fixing to throw his energy drink at me. With my incredible spider-esque reflexes, I could easily dodge it. Or I could spin a whip pretty much any size to catch it. But then the whole campus would learn my secret identity. Are and I could put okay? my poor old aunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mark Knopfler grabbed his pants. <laughs> that guy goes here? He's like 40. Yeah, he's a teacher. I didn't. That's <laughs> uh, so great. One, Tosh Tompkins Tosh is Tompkins. the Flash Tompkins of it. Uh, that he still goes to the same school as Peter Parker and is bugging him. And then just the great... The great Peter Parker internal monologue of thinking about, yeah. I could stop this thing, but that would reveal my secret identity, I, and I can't do this. At anymore. least three times, I think I've had to watch him have that conversation in his head and just allow Flash to kick him in the back or something. Yes. And, and then added to that is that the Brown Widow, his power, he shoots webs, not out of his wrists, but out of his like tailbone, but above it, his butt. And so when he... He shoots his web so it looks like he shit his pants. <laughs> he looks like he shit his pants. And it's also like what the Venture Brothers does so very well. It start going back, I think it is a little hard to watch the first season because mm-hmm. it's like it is sending up 60s Hanna-Barbera shit. Like this is how this is how these people's lives played out if this yeah. were reality. And it wouldn't be very happy. This is the sad reality of Spider-Man in a non-ideal universe. He would yeah. go on to be a shitty teacher at a shitty school <laughs> and would probably still be bullied by his fellow professors. Yeah, he's in his early 40s and still has to get yes. his shit together. Oh, it's so good. I cannot wait for it. I cannot wait. A brown widow. Well, let's get through a couple other news things. One one was that it happened right after that uh right after recording the last week. Mm-hmm. One place said they had an insider source that said that Marvel got back the Fantastic Four rights. Yeah. And that was the deal with X-Men. Then everybody then several official sources were like that is not the case. We still have the Fantastic Four rights, still ours, and seemingly counter to it. But I'm I want to believe, I'll just say that. But I do think yeah, um, it could just be a handshake agreement and nobody's yeah. ready to announce it yet. And they have when, to when deny. Both, both well, it was only Sony at that point, but mm-hmm. remember when they asked about Spider Man yeah, entering yeah. the Marvel Universe, Sony says there are no plans for that. We deny these rumors mm-hmm. until we're ready to announce them in a way that will make our stockholders mad yeah. and not on the internet. Exactly. They're not They're. It's about the stockholders, not reporters. And in this case, what well, if Marvel and Fox have already agreed to it, why they're not going to sue each other for lying about it. They've already agreed on how to present it. You know? I, I would, something had to be done for, uh, I kept hearing about negotiations to get Marvel stuff on television. Why would they allow them to do yeah. that? Something had they? to have changed hands. Yeah. Some, uh, so, uh, like some rights had to have been, it's, Bigger than money had to exchange hands. The ability to make more money. Yes. Because it's not... Fox doesn't care about 
like getting a billion. Like if Disney, if they wanted to, they they've got the cash. They, they, they could pay say, Paramount a billion dollars. Yeah, and they could say they could say to Fox, "Here's mm-hmm. four billion dollars. Give us the X Men back." Yeah. But they don't care because in Fox's minds, and this could be true, they uh, think over twenty years they're going to make eight billion dollars. So I'm, yeah, man, on the bad side, I just looked at my Facebook and it, it said four year four years ago, and it's a picture of me with Chris Hardwick and Robert Kirkman wow. when I was this close wow. to becoming someone who mattered. Um, <laughs> you still, you still matter to me. Chris. Thanks, Hank. Uh, uh, Brett Elston had a good point about the leaked news or that possible news mm-hmm. too. Is that he said, "Did you look that it was it was trending on Twitter?" And yeah. he said, "This should be a sign for Fox that the only thing they got Fantastic Four trending was people saying they don't have it anymore. Yes. Yeah. Nobody cared until that point. Nobody. Fantastic Four wasn't trending when the mm-hmm. movie came out. When the Blu-ray comes out of it, mm-hmm. nobody will care then either." Oof. And, but it still has to come out. Like they can't not release it on Blu-ray. I that bought a Marvel Blu-ray. And I bought that Age of Ultron Blu-ray. Can I activate that on my Disney Rewards account? Let me know at Cantista on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, and also speaking of movies, Channing Tatum wants Doug Lyman, the director of, uh, well, most recently Edge of Tomorrow, I think, mm-hmm. I believe. He wants him to be the director of Gambit. But they I haven't... think that'd be an okay choice. Mr. and Mrs. Gamb- Smith. Um... Yeah, and uh, the first Born Supremacy. Yeah, Doug the Lyman. I think, I think he's someone who has a reputation of being hard to work with, yeah. but makes good shit out of it. Actually, I read that about... I read, I read that... I had never heard that before until mm-hmm. I read it in a story about the Fantastic Four debacle, mm-hmm. where everybody's like, oh, is this guy a hard director to work with well everybody said that about doug lyman and he still gets employed yeah and also in the news is that uh there's there's word that batman versus superman could be the most expensive film ever made at this point though the billion dollar infinity war is going to change that later. that was the new story that said infinity wars will cost a billion dollars well and so in this story it said that they're up to 480 million uh, mm-hmm. for batman versus superman which puts them beyond what the current or puts them tied with Pirates of the Caribbean. And the film is not done mm. being produced yet, and people think it'll end up being like $500 million, which that is a huge... For a film that's really just the sequel to the somewhat successful Man of Steel, mm-hmm. it's a big bet that Warner is putting on this. Like, everything is on this movie to it'll succeed. it'll work out for them. I think it will succeed, too. Mm-hmm. I think also because I bet it'll be a 50% or even 50 Nine percent Batman. Film. Yeah, there, there are movies I want to see more that I won't go see in the theaters, but I'll go see this. Day I want one. to see King Crimson Peak, but mm-hmm. I was there day one. I for want to see Bridge of Four. Spies. I want yeah. to be the one. You'll be, you want a private screening of Bridge of Spies? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll go do it tonight. Uh, so that's all the news that's fit to print, unless you can think of any, Chris. No, but, I got uh, nothing. Well, all right, let's get to last uh, week. I posted a story on Facebook saying the South Park was being sued by Yelp because you told me that, mm. and I so I'm like, oh, here's a link to it on Facebook. Did here's I say that out loud? Fucking ju- not on yeah. a not on a microphone, so I can't okay. throw you completely into the bus. But I'm like, oh, here's that article Hank was talking about. It's a fucking joke. The second it oh, was a joke. The second I googled it, I saw it, it was, was a joke, joke. too. I I just saw somebody's tweet. Hey, look, it, it, we all get fo- fooled from time to time. I man. don't. The kid doesn't, and I rarely do anything on Facebook, and now I didn't. People are making me look nah, like an I'm asshole. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. No, I blame you, Hank. Well, this week's question of the week it's not, is... But I did, I, did, I did like the irony that it was... Uh, I make it's. I'm putting up this video making fun of Yelpers, mm-hmm. but I'm also a lone critic with no accountability who did no research. <laughs> it's a, it's a, there, there's a, a commentary in there somewhere that almost redeems me. 
So, last week's question of the week was, uh, has reading a comic ever made you want to visit somewhere? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tris Goodwill says, I'm not ashamed to say that the plethora of manga I've read have made me want to visit Japan. Mm-hmm. Not for the unrealistic portrayals of culture in the comics, but rather the foods and sights in the, of the city and the countryside. Yeah. And, also, and also Akihabara. Not like I'm going to pretend I don't want to go there. For an entirely different reason, I'm looking for potential career options there, which I saw on Twitter. Triscuitable, they are, uh, they're a skilled English, uh, they're, they're working on a, like, Japanese language program or something. But I wish I, I wish, man, if I could go back in time and, and take Japanese in school. Uh, boy. You know, my incredibly smart girlfriend did mm-hmm. nothing. There's no retention. Well, she she didn't work to retain it. If she well, had she been watching, go, she didn't travel there. She uh, took it in fucking Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> I didn't have that option. I'm shocked yeah, she I didn't had have that the option, option either. Me too. Milwaukee, not even in Florida. But okay. So Tenka says Scott Pilgrim has made Canada look more appealing and mythical than it probably is. But I'd like to travel up there. Well, Scott Pilgrim anyway. makes me want to be like 25 again and then be in Canada. <laughs> If I could be in Canada if I was 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, two different answers in a row make us regret our life choices. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I want to move there. Uh, Bittersweet Jesus says, I don't have any place I'd visit, but I vaguely remember a storyline in Uncanny X-Men before the launch of X-Men 1 in the 90s that took place in Dallas, Texas. In the comic, a tower was, was blown up by terrorists, and I felt special knowing that I lived next to a city that was mentioned in a comic. I live in Fort Worth. Uh, Gene Simmons Toyota, which uh, first... <laughs> First off, I want to say this is Gene Simmons Toyota's first post, so great. Yeah. And second, it that is a best show reference mm. to Tom Sharpling's The Best Show. So he gets, uh, the, he or she, they get a double thumbs up for me. But uh, their thing says, Garth Ennis's preacher has always made me want to go to Texas, get drunk, and play pool in a dingy bar. Mm. And it's even had, did what John Wayne and Billy Bob Thornton couldn't do, make me want to go see the Alamo. I still haven't been, but with WrestleMania 32 approaching, now may be the time to visit. And he also says, great podcast, Henry Rules. Damn it. No one ever says I rule. Raccoon Hale says, this is a comic book uh, This is comic book adjacent, but I would love to visit the Joel Schumacher version of Gotham because Whoa. holy fuck shit, they built a building out of a giant do du- out of giant statues of dudes. Uh, you can do that outside of the statues, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal is yeah. a pretty good way to revisit Joel Schumacher's universe. Is, yeah, uh, Zap Razdauer says, I've always wanted to visit the swamps of Southern America ever since I read the Swamp Thing books by oh, Alan Moore. you do not. No, you don't. I was Having watched- lived in them. I was just watching the uh, 30 Rock episode mm-hmm. with, remember Unwind Jalax and the, the Northern Floridian no. story? Well, there's a joke in it where Northern Floridians are the most unpredictable crazies in the world. And they're just <laughs> Thank like, you. they're just these weirdos. And then somebody who grew up in Northern Florida for 15 years is like, yep, yeah. It's, I, I just love talking. I wish I could fall back on that as an excuse for what's happening here. Mm-hmm. I, hey, I'm I can't. Florida. It's how it's there's, there's, in Florida. Look, walk, walk four inches to a Florida swamp and and I want you to make sure to count five indications that the swamp doesn't want you there. Yes. Could it be the tall grass, the trolling snakes, the sunbathing alligators, mm-hmm. the mosquitoes that are carrying encephalitis and West Nile virus? Like nothing, nothing about that swamp wants you anywhere near it. And it's, <laughs> every other animal would have taken that as a clue to back away. Instead, my parents moved there. <laughs> And uh, lastly, Globulus said, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen has made me want to just see the world. There are a lot of places I wanted to go, but that multiplied the desire tenfold. All 
right, so this week's question of the week. So I bought a bunch of Marvel comics this week because there was a sale, a buy one, get one free sale. Graham Morrison has a sale this week. And I've seen the digital comics have kind of like steamified uh, comic books for me because like with Steam, mm-hmm. there are some games I would never buy, but if they're 80% off, yeah. shit yeah, I'll I, just I, buy it. I'll I, never play it, but I will buy it. I own it. a giant Invisibles volume that I have not finished, <laughs> but I may rebuy the comics if they're $4 so per So this volume. week's question of the week is, has a comic just being on sale, mm-hmm. a digital comic being on sale, or a physical one, made you read something you wouldn't have normally read? Yeah. So that's this week's question of the week. And off the top of my dome, definitely this week I read uh, Spider-Man 2099, which I wouldn't have read e- either way, or Uncanny Avengers 1. But going back in time, this was a very formative experience mm-hmm. for me, which I probably talked about on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. But my local... Uh, so I there was my local comic shop in Florida, and then there was this poor misguided fool who thought he could have a comic book store kiosk in the middle of the mall. Mm-hmm. Nobody bought them, and he he shut down within a year. And when he shut down, cut the prices on everything, half off, then 75% off. And that's where I bought my first volumes of Sin City, of mm. Watchmen, and of uh, Dark Knight Returns. And reading all three of those at the age of like 14, 15, 16, whatever mm. that age was, blew my damn mind. And I never would have bought them if they weren't cheap, and if the guy didn't give a shit about selling, selling M-rated comic books to minors. <laughs> And it was just so good. It was those, uh, you know, chose. my feelings of my my feelings <laughs> of uh, anger towards Frank Miller these days. Who cares? It was a very important thing for me. And yeah. Well, Chris, did you ever buy anything like the all books my, half off? Um, not 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 in that situation. Uh, the modern example is just when we right when we started the show and I'm obsessed with like how convenient comiXology is by the way my iPad is fucking terrible and I can barely use the program anymore it is not convenient in the slightest Jesus Christ I wanted a new iPad and they made it prohibitively expensive uh, but it was Invincible Invincible like ah. is something like by description it, it is it's hard for me to describe why that comic is interesting and the, the initial art isn't all that interesting either Yeah. Uh, but I picked it up on sale it was all I had and I read and I read and I never ever ever stopped reading uh, but if to be completely honest when I say I'm a big fan of the thing, mm. and I'm a big fan of Rom the Space Knight, I was given two to three dollars for my allowance every week. I'd go into the comic shop. I could never afford ever ever to buy new issues of anything. I'd have to read those at my friends' houses. Uh, I would troll the bargain bins, and mm. what I recognized was a Fantastic Four's thing and all these solo books with this awesome black outfit. Yeah. Uh, and then of course like Rom, which is like, why is no one talking about this? This is so cool. <laughs> Look at it. Oh, God, it's so yellow and pink and black. I love it. Love it. Yeah, uh, that's how. It, yeah, being I a, miss the quarter bins. I miss going through the quarter bins. Yeah, and like, it like, was quarter to fifty cent an issue, so I'd be able to walk out of there with like this bounty. Where I, like at the time, I think issues were two dollars a piece. No, when I was a kid and I had the quarter bins, that's how I was so into Spider Man. But Spider Man books were expensive because he was mm. popular. But there were these easy reader books of uh, the Electric Company Spider Man adventures, oh and they were all a quarter. And I was like, yes, these are written for kids to make it easy for them to read. But but they were still pretty much the same Spider-Man adventures. He was still fighting people and was drawing the Spider-Man. And I could get eight of them for the price of one issue of a regular Spider-Man comic. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, guys, go, guys and gals, whatever. Go to the forums. There'll be a link to it on this week's episode page. Answer this week's question of the week, which is, what, what comic did you get on sale and, and enjoy that you would have not bought otherwise? And I'll probably have that in a better 
form uh, on the thing. But, let us pray. Yeah, let, but let's also up. listen to Laser Time this week. It's a really fun episode. Horror, yeah. horror uh, classic horror theme song quiz where we take uh, famous horror themes and try and have people guess them. It also have you give you some background behind the people. It's more interesting than it sounds. It was and a really great. Episode. You'll be able to name songs and artists by the time you're done with it. I was inspired by an episode Diana did a couple uh, months back on Laser Time. I thought it was excellent. The classical music quiz. Uh, I hope I did her proud. I don't believe I did because she's still mad at me for not having seen Psycho. Um, which I'll you know what I'll watch tonight. I'll well, watch it tonight. We man, I'm surprised you haven't seen that. I, I just like I'm taking every film class, and it's like here's an example of this shot from Psycho. Here's an example of this shot. So I feel like I've seen it all, but I know I haven't. Well, I mean, it's not. It's the more popular. Um, it's the more popular of his film of Hitchcock's films, but it's not essential Hitchcock. It's just it's, it wasn't on TV. It like it never had because I was taping other Hitchcock stuff off television and watching it all the time. By the way, I didn't write this up for the site because I realized nobody would care, mm-hmm. but. There there was a trailer for the upcoming documentary Truffaut and Hitchcock based on their epic interview, which I have that book and love it. It's this amazing, just, oh, I can't wait for that documentary. I really can't. But yeah, but also this week we streamed Halo 5 early. We got to play Halo 5 Guardians early. We got to stream the first three missions of that. That's on the YouTube page, as is our celebration of Back to the Future Day, October 21st, 2015, where we played the game, uh, the terrible Back to the Future Part 2 game. We played it until the magical minute of 4.29 p.m. Pacific time, which is when Doc, Marty, and Jennifer arrive in 2015. It was a really fun stream, even though it's a crappy game. I think we had a lot of good times with it. And then we do so many fun streams. Yeah. Also this week, you, me, and Dave are on Vigigame Apocalypse talking about new video game releases. There's Rocktober Halos. going on, Rocktober, and, baby. and, uh, and VG Empire. Give a listen to that. Uh, then, of course, always the Patreon. Go to the Patreon. We did and because of the Patreon. Yeah. We were able to launch talk, Talking Simpsons. Oh last my God! Week. Yes, we got a new episode of that. We got to talk about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we launched the new Talking Simpsons mm-hmm. season. The first season is all available for patrons on Patreon.com. It's available just for them. But if you want to jump in with season two, mm-hmm. we've done two episodes in a row now with me, Chris, and Bob Servo, Bob Mackey. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about season two. It's really fun. Give it a listen. And if you like it, review it on iTunes. Give it a five star. It'll raise it. It is so important in the early life of a podcast to get those reviews. So if you ever cared about me, please give give those reviews to that. All right. Enough plugs. Jeez Louise. Indeed. All right. We'll see you next week. And until next time, Excelsior. Excelsior.